My weakness is that I will get kind of like Seth, just unbelievably enraged about very tiny things. So mouth noises, mm. cut it out. <laughs> right? So that happens really loud noises that happen just all of a sudden. Stop. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 133 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and what am I? I'm Sam, and I make art. And this is the show... This is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is January 15, 2018. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show, there's going to be profanity. Also, anything you say can and will be used against you. In the court of law. No, just in general. <laughs> just in general. Yeah, not even in a legal sense. Just, yeah, just, just in general. Hold a lot of grudges. All right. So, what has happened over the past week? First thing, we just need to uh, get out of the get some news out of get the way. Some news out. Uh which is we have we have uh shrunk down our studio. So we are down to uh Adam, Sam and me, uh and sure. And mm-hmm. so we uh it's an unfortunate reality of being in business that, you know, people come and people go. Uh and so we wish all of our former folks the best uh, on whatever's coming next for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that. Yeah. All right, let's get on to the rest of the news. Uh, so first thing, new game. It's happening. We're still working on it. We're two weeks in. Uh, and we talked about it a bit last week. So if you want to catch up on that, then head to the previous episode mm-hmm. and scope that up. Uh, so it's, it's a platformer builder game where we are basically inventing whatever kind of platformer mechanics we want. Uh, and then we are building a level editor. And a lot of web tools that players can use to share levels with each other and play each other's levels. And this is something that we do want to be a premium game that's cross-platform. Mm-hmm. So Android, iOS, PC, Mac. That's probably it. That's probably it. Um, <laughs> Linux we we dipped our toe in the Linux puddle. It's a very <laughs> shallow puddle. It's a out. dirty, muddy, shallow little puddle. <laughs> um, so so we, we don't know if we'll be going in there again, but it was an interesting ride. Put crashlings in there. Yeah. Well, and, and we talk about this stuff. A lot of this stuff is force multipliers, where if you if you have the game out on one platform and then also can put it out on another, then when you for forever after that point, you're gonna have some like X percent increase in your revenue, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is that we did this all well after launch. Right. So we put Linux out a couple months ago, put Chinese out a couple months ago, put out big patches that added, you know, controller support a few months after launch and so on and so forth. So we added these big major features, these force multipliers, well after the majority of the force that could be multiplied. There wasn't any force left. Yeah, had already passed. And so now, now when we look at these, and like, so we look at the numbers that we got from the Linux, <laughs> the Linux patch, and, you know. Some would say they're medium. Yeah. But it they multipl- would be wrong because they're really to small. To be fair, well, <laughs> it was a multiplier. Yeah, just a small just one. Just of... Zero. So. Right. Well, it was it was a small multiplier of a small number. So the question still remains: Is you know, if we were to have launched with that, right, would it have been worthwhile? Right. Would be good. We, and we don't know. I don't know. Uh, all we, all we can base on is is the sort of you know percentage of our revenue that currently now is coming from that. So we'll probably just randomly decide as we get closer to launch. Yeah, probably. I, my bet is that what we'll do is we'll just say, we'll just at that time we'll see what game makers up to because they're also they put mm-hmm. out. You know, right. since the Switch to Game Maker 2, they're putting out some interesting new fires that have come up, uh, and we've been dealing with some of those as well, and those are more prevalent on platforms that are less supported, um, less supported which makes sense, and so we've had more trouble, of course, with Linux uh, than the other platforms. Um, so I think what probably we'll do is just, at the time that we're about getting ready to launch, we'll just see, does it look like this works? On Linux, and if it does, then I guess that's fine. And if not, then we then it's not fine. It's not fine. We'll just <laughs> right. not do that. Yeah, the game is actually nearing a point where it's sort of reaching mechanical completion. Um, I think we're now pushing uh, something like fifty different elements that you can put into the levels. It seems and like a good starter kit for sure. Like there's you're there's enough in there that you can. There's a lot of good. You stuff can generate there. so many weird things. And yeah, the awesome. the final piece that we don't have yet is uh, the path editor, and that's that's the thing where we want to basically make it so that there are certain things, say like saw blades or moving platforms that you can ride, um, or enemies that fly around that you can create a custom path for, and then have them 
you know, fly around or patrol on that path to create sort of crazy moving obstacle courses for, for players to ride on or dodge around. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so far, I think Sam, like you said, you had, you showed the game to Diana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Diana's a good test subject because she gets very excited about things that are exciting. So just Sam's wife. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of just tell sort of like a, it's like flipping a bit, right? So it's like a zero or one situation. If it's exciting, Diana will get very excited about it. Um, not usually a tepid response. And so, yeah, I showed her, it was actually last night, I showed her the, the platformer builder because I forgot that she hadn't actually seen it because it's so young. Is that, um, is that, two is weeks that a old. build from last week or from two weeks? Just the, through the Git repo. So it's oh, as a fresh, fresh, fresh. new, okay. um, and hot. And so I showed it to her and, you know, I have, I just have three levels in there that I've been sort of uh, poking around on while I was putting together some art pieces and stuff. And we've actually only got a little bit of art in there currently. So we have backgrounds and then we have some sort of prototype tile work going on. And then we have the character and then some of the pieces. And so I, I was showing Diana kind of how it works and then how, uh, and then beat my own level while, you know, one of the levels I was showing her and she's just like, Ooh, like this is going to be really good. And I was like, Ooh, okay. I think we're on to something here. This is good. Uh, well, Adam, you had a similar experience. Right? Yeah. Oh no, I should, I should, my wife had older prototype from, I guess it hasn't been, it's only been two weeks. So from an, a week ago, <laughs> basically back when it was half as good as it currently, it, it wasn't even half as good at that point. Uh, and, and even that I, I handed over then she was playing around with it and started to make a level, you know, we were getting ready for bed. So I was brushing my teeth and she just really wanted me to play the level that she had made while mm -hmm. I was trying to, you know, get ready for bed. <laughs> and, uh, cause she was so pumped about it. And so, so then I did and I was playing it and I was like, Oh, this is, this is a good level that you made, you know? And then she took it back and she was looking at me for a second. She was like, are you sure you don't want to keep playing this? <laughs> sure you don't. You didn't beat it yet. Yeah, I didn't beat it yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. I think, uh, you know, as far as we've talked about before, how unfortunately it's kind of reality that sometimes the, the production, the total production value of a game or the total development cost of a game is not quite correlated completely. Uh, actually, definitely not correlated it's completely. It's completely uncoupled. Very loosely coupled to uh, the actual revenue stream at the end of yep. the day. And so you look at stuff like Flappy Bird. Right. Took like, I don't know, eight minutes to build that. And then who or, uh, or knowing, knowing just how things work eight years to make that thing. Right. Sure. You know, could be that. Yeah. And some who of the knows? most successful games last year. I mean, if you think like No Man's Sky, 12 people, Stardew mm -hmm. Valley back in 2016, it was one person, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's just, you yeah, know, production scope is not indicative of your, your you spend, yeah. If you spend 17 years making a thing. There's just no guarantees, yeah. right? So, so it's it's really fun because we get to just kind of bang around and, you know, make some fun stuff and then not worry too much about it, which is nice, uh, and then kick it out the door. So really excited about this, and I'm sure uh, we will be using the podcast to get beta signups for this uh, probably in like a month because this thing's going real fast. So uh, keep on listening and just wait for that to show up, and then we'll you know, get some people. And the plan tickets. this week for, for development is to get all of the new Rumpus stuff hooked in so mm -hmm. that we actually can... Those Log actually into it, things, yeah. we, can, we can start uploading the things that we all make and so that we can actually start sharing the stuff that we make yeah. with each other. Seth has a bunch of these completely insane levels because he, he has to try to build edge case problems mm -hmm. uh, into <laughs> his levels. And so they tend to be like very bent, like very nightmarish in terms of the amount of twists and turns <laughs> that you go on as a player. I'm getting pretty good at the game though. Yeah. It's so, it's so, uh, it's, it's interesting because I, I, of course, haven't gotten to play with the editor nearly as much. And so I just have my three kind of there's kind of simple levels. And then uh, I really wanted to show Diana Seth's levels yesterday. Can't, but I can't yet. But soon so though, soon they'll be my favorite new mechanic is teleporters mm -hmm. because we, I got Can those take portal. I got those hooked up. Yeah. It's basically like, what's, what's a fun puzzle element. I was like, well, portal is my favorite puzzle game. Mm. And I would love to just, you know, put that, uh, put that into our game. <laughs> Who's we'll talking need, we'll need to, to mark that. Did, did a robot talk to you just now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phones. Modern phones. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just, all right. Since this, since this happened, I just want to say it because the new, I got a new uh, Galaxy S8. Is it talking to you? It's got this thing called Bixby, which is like a personal, it's like Samsung's personal They've assistant. They've all got the personal fucking but assistants now. There's a whole button on the side of the phone just for Bixby. And you can't reassign that button to anything else. Mm. And it's right next to the volume button. And it's uh. the same size as the power button. <laughs> So you, so you just hit it. You just hit it all the time. And all of a sudden, Bixby's like, hey, buddy, you have to <laughs> schedule a part before you or something? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Can't turn it off. Okay. Uh, anyways, where were we? Back oh, to the Portals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Portal is one of my favorite puzzle games. And I think the, the, the ability to 
just sort of change the geometry of a level by, you know, basically folding it, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of event horizon wormhole style. Um, It just really changes. The topology is not what it seems. Yeah. It changes your relationship with the puzzle in all kinds of really weird ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having the mechanic of the player sort of placing their own portals is, uh, is cool. But it requires some really, really difficult design thinking to make levels that work well with that. Mm-hmm. So instead, we have the builder of the level place pre, sort of pre-programmed portals all around the level, and they're one directional. So they send you to another portal. Um, and so there, there are some portals that can have like three different portals that all link to them. So you can like get to the same place from three different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also send somebody to multiple different portals. And if a portal sends somebody to multiple places, then it'll randomly pick. Mm -hmm. So you can also send players to random locations in the level. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, And you can also send them to places where, because you can make the portal one directional, so you can send them somewhere and then they can't come back. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can create these one way valves and stuff. You Um, you could also have, I didn't even think about the idea of going straight portal where you actually, as the player get to shoot a portal, you know, but there could be a portal power up. So there that a, could be so that a puzzle could only be solved if a player gets that power up and then uses it mm-hmm. in the right way or something. Yeah. And that's that's another thing that we've added is is the swappable power-ups. So we have um wall jumping as a power-up, double jumping, uh ground smash, so you can kind of like crush down and break. You just have one at a time or what's yes. Yeah. Okay. So when you pick one up, then your previous one is overridden. So okay. uh which does, means does the previous one pop out so you can get it again or is it? No, it's just gone. gone. Yeah, it's easier so the, that so way. the creator of the level will need to kind of place things strategically so that if there's a certain mm-hmm. point where my favorite thing to do was I required a, a player to get a double jump power up, but then I I put it over a pit of spikes so they'd have to jump get over it and then use get it. it and then use it immediately <laughs> to get back to get back out. Um Fantastic. <laughs> Nervous. But yeah, we, and we actually do have a character now. So um, the whole the whole idea of the game is is that you're you're on the internship, which or I guess you're part of the internship, which is uh, this program through which a lot of these robots, these AI kind of like juice box, get trained. And so your job is simultaneously to uh, build these crazy obstacle courses and then actually run the robots through them because they're very dumb. And so you have to sort of you. You behave as them in order for them to learn. Well, that's the thing is the the Bureau of Shipping doesn't know how to how to program the robots. Mm-hmm. So they just made robots that can learn, mm-hmm. you know. That's, that, the that's, easy, that's the easiest way to do it. it. And yeah. then you just got to teach them stuff. Yep. Yeah, so, so you just go out there and teach them. And so the the main character is sort of a, almost like a proto juice box sort of thing. So it's like an, almost, it's like a protect, it's an AI and sort of like a protected sort of bouncy Shell. It's like a squishy yeah. round juice box mm-hmm. with arms and legs, I guess. Little tiny, little tiny nubs. I should say juice box, as in the character from Crashlands, not the beverage container. Yes, correct. Although yeah. they are shaped similar. Are they so, okay? Now, when, now when your robot's going through this thing, is it going through a VR? Sim, are we building VR simulations? No, because going through, if or? a robot learns to jump into spikes, it needs to be destroyed. So, okay, so yeah, we, they get they get destroyed. So this is basically this is sort of a like an immune system style yes. process where you just murder anything that misbehaves. Correct. And whatever actually makes it through becomes mm-hmm. the 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 successful chosen mm-hmm. one. One of my favorite uh my, my favorite platformer features ever was from Super Meat Boy, which is where they do exactly that. So after you beat the level, and they show all your they show sh- all of your all of your Super Meat Boys run at the same it time. It is pretty spectacular. And it just follows, it follows your one guy with the camera, but you see all the ghosts of the other ones. It's like running and getting splatted on stuff. And it's incredible. It's like an incredible experience to watch that right after you finish really hard level. I just, I wish they had some kind of uh, almost like, what's that theme song? The Benny Hill theme song? Like something that's like, <laughs> that they would play to sort of like change yeah. the, change the mood. As it goes back, it's like, seeing all the Meat Boys just like smashing into saws and things. Um, so this week should be another big, uh, big powerful week for the for the game. It should be really exciting. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the stuff we're going to push on this week are uh, some some art updates mm-hmm. to work on tiling and and uh, sort of actually skinning the mechanics instead of having them just be hideous green boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Adam and I will be working on integrating Rumpus web technology for uh, sharing and storing of levels mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So lots and lots of good stuff. Um, and hopefully, uh, we get all the art stuff squared away this week because Sam's getting his eyeballs shot with lasers on Friday. Mm-hmm. And if that goes wrong, they will, we're, we're in doomed. trouble. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I got, I'm getting LASIK, which I'm super excited. Wait, about. when are you doing it? On Friday. This Friday? 
Yeah, man. Oh, shit. 2018, quit fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You so, went for a consult last Friday. Yeah, this was on my list of, uh, you know, New Year's things. I was like, I've always wanted to do this, and for some reason I just haven't. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and just do it. Uh, yeah, I got my consult last Friday. And it's a very, it's a weirdly casual thing now because it doesn't use a blade anymore. Can you just, can they do like a drive-by LASIK? So you just, you just kind of, you just pull up outside. They you just, just look out you, the window. Yeah, they the laser hits you in the eyeballs. So it literally takes like seven minutes. The oh, wait, thing. okay. That could I, be a long seven minutes though. I thought you were saying that the. That I've the, experienced the, some long form time before, but. Uh, I thought you were saying that the LASIK provider does a drive-by. Like, <laughs> like you're just. Oh, yeah, because like, you call them and you're like, yeah, yeah, you call them you're like, hey, can I get some LASIK? And they're like, yeah, we'll be there when you least expect it. And, <laughs> and you're just like, okay. And you're just minding your own business. Blow. All yeah. of a sudden you hear a car horn, you turn, lasers. Yeah. Now apparently, you can see. I mean, you, <laughs> now you can see. So apparently, you, you basically you get lasered for like a couple minutes and then you just sit up from the, t- you can just see immediately. And then you, unless like, you've been blinded by the lasers. Unless you're blind now, which, you know, we'll see what happens. And what's then, the, what's the rate of that? It's super low. Are yeah. you blinded? Immediately, so that you just know now that you're blind, or does it take a while to set in? My guess is it would be pretty immediate, okay. but we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, then they said, Yeah, you just go home and just like take a nap for a couple hours, and you wake up, you're fine. And I was like, What? Why have I not done this? If this is supposed to do take- they have to do they have to suck, <laughs> do they have to suction cup your eyeball or something to like I don't make it keep hold still you from you looking know? around? I don't know. Or do they just say, do Just they- look at that laser. I hope and, for the best. And, and don't, <laughs> don't stop looking at it. Not look at it. I assume they're going to hold my eyeball still somehow. So that's that's the part that you know. I'm going to I'm going to report back about this because okay. we always talk about the user experience of medical systems generally being terrible, right? Yeah. So I'm really excited. So to see. my my bet is that what they're going to have is like a little, you know, like a, a Nerf gun that like shoots a thing out that has a little claw at the end of it, okay, and just grabs your eyeball, <laughs> right? And there's a laser in the middle of it, and then it just like. Shoots you uh-huh. and it screams the whole time. <laughs> screams the whole time. <laughs> and then they have to retract it, right? Can but it got, also be projecting just like horrific images onto my eye? I mean, it has to. That's what the laser it. is. That's what it's the laser a does, lot of yeah. really tiny, horror, very horrifying images. <laughs> yeah. And it basically just frightens your lens. And then when it's done, it's, it's also up. right. And it's also <laughs> a squirt gun. So once it's done, it just squirts water into your eyeball. <laughs> it's like, and oh, your eye looks a little dry now. Yeah, just get that. It's kind of like the dentist, uh, squ- you know, mouth squirter. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. yeah. They, they also have a suction tube, just like the dentist, so that yeah. they can suck the water they're back off They're your sitting eyeball. there, they, they pull your eyelid back, and they've got a tube, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long sucking as sucking the juices out. As long as they also ask me questions about my day while they're doing this, like the dentist does, then I'm yep. going to be good to go. It will be easier to answer. Or I don't know, actually. If, if I'm just getting poked in the eye by things. <laughs> Might be harder to answer. I know when I had my eyeball I think it's, surgery, it's uh, it easier to... physically, but more difficult emotionally. Yeah, I think you that's know? probably exactly. yeah. The dentist asks you something. It's a mental strain. You're just mm-hmm. like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> if the laser laserist asks you something, you just it's you're in, you're, so you're if, in pure <laughs> panic mode because somebody's right. clawing your eye and shooting Are water. They into laser surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. they they should be called laser surgeons. That's fucking rad. <laughs> Like if it. I if I did LASIK, I would have that on my business card. Well, I like how as soon as I told Adam Seth that I was doing it, but then both of them were like, all right, if you don't go blind, let us know. <laughs> we'll we'll think about it. <laughs> well, I need to know just how horrifying it is. We need to distribute the know. risk. Uh, and also, if it turns out to be horrifying, then after you live through it, I need you to, but after though, I need you to ask, can people take anxiety drugs for this? Or like, mm. you, got, you got a system? Yo, we talked about we talked about use. the prospect of like if you have anxiety about it of like smoking some weed and then going in to yep. calm yourself, but then and your, your eyes, eyes are all <laughs> they're all dry, <laughs> just all squinty, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Plus, it's illegal in a lot of states, yep. which and, and makes definitely it hard. this one. Yeah, uh, so don't maybe don't do that. Yeah, not a good move. I think physically and legally, it's not going to work out for you. All right, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. So if you'd like to get your question on a future episode, and get up and do, all right, let's go. Have you guys noticed that that website seems to get uglier over time? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> does it? Yeah. It's I, was looking at it, I was looking at it on my phone. Uh, what's it, what's happening week. to it? I don't think anything is actually happening. I just think. Your standards have gone yeah, up. I, think, <laughs> I don't know what well, it Adam is. Adam actually started doing front-end design. On and, purpose. On purpose. Instead of just because I had to. Yeah. It is an ugly website. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say anything after you built it because I was like, I mean, who cares? We have a website. Yeah, I mean, I it, it works. 
Man, that thing, that thing needs to be replaced. Uh, my apologies to everybody who who goes to podcast.pc. Bless your hearts. It does work. It's like you a, can it's, see things on it. It's <laughs> like the battle-scarred sled dog at the front of the pack. Like, it's hideous, but it's really pulling it. It's really pulling mm-hmm. its weight, you know? Mm-hmm. It's getting its shit done. So, all right. Uh, first question comes from Kulabula, who says, Do you guys play board games? If yes, which is your favorite? Mm. But we still haven't beaten Plague Incorporated. <laughs> yep. Which I feel like, like I feel like we're missing something. It just must be we don't understand how it's, like, <laughs> I think we've lost like nine times. And I, everybody I talk to, they're like, What? It's like super easy. They're like, usually after like the second or third time you win. I have to wonder like, if what? it's if it's because there's a spe- there's this one specific rule that we follow that seems so constricting. Yes. That other people that, don't. That other people probably don't, or that they don't even think like, how could this possibly be a rule? Doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think it's the rule that, like, if you want to trade city cards, you have to be in the city that yeah. it is in. Yeah, that's the one that it's really is. insane. Yeah. I'm like, the internet exists in yeah. this world. Can't I call someone? Be like, hey, I found some stuff. I'm going to send it to you in a PDF. Yeah, I mean, I get that there are diseases in this world that are sort of decimating humankind. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, cell service is going to be better, actually, because Probably. there's fewer people clogging up <laughs> yep. the towers. But there are also fewer people running the towers, because I assume that's... Not yeah, I assume there's like robots. three or four people that just kind of get under that tower on a little pedal bike. Yeah, thing. there's pedal that's and, yeah. and they so also, once they get sick, then you're yeah. And of course, tipsed. when you call, then your signal comes in. They got to catch it and they got to stick it onto whoever mm-hmm. on the other person's mm-hmm. signal. They yeah, gotta plug them together. Operator, yeah. Op, it's called an operator. <laughs> uh, my favorite board called. game is Dominion because <laughs> because talk about the the traditional. Here's what here's the deal. Many, many moons ago, many mm-hmm. years ago. How long ago was it? Three years, several two, years, three ago, years ago, I played Dominion with a bunch of friends. And I was like, this game's pretty good. I like this. So I bought it. And I, <laughs> I have a, I have the Dominion box. <laughs> and the next time I was with my bros and family, I was like, hey, guys, I brought I brought Dominion. You guys want to play <laughs> Dominion? Everybody's like, nah, let's play Bananagrams. And so... I'm like, okay. So I set Dominion off to the side. It's still in its plastic wrap. Like it hasn't even been open. <laughs> and then the next family get together, everybody's like, bring board games. And I'm like, oh yeah, now's my moment. <laughs> I bring Dominion and I'm like, hey guys, you want to play some Dominion? And everybody's like, nah, let's play things or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I set it aside in its plastic wrap. <laughs> <laughs> to this third, day. Third family get together. Hey guys, you want to play Dominion? Nah, let's play Forbidden Desert. I think we even said yes Forbidden once. Desert is super good, though. I think we even said yes once, and then you arrived, and then we had Forbidden Desert, and we were like, no, let's, let's play Forbidden, let's just play Forbidden <laughs> Desert. So after that third event, it just became this running joke where now, <laughs> now we have the traditional Dominion box that comes with us to every family <laughs> get-together, and we now, we now have to ask. It just watches us. Yeah, we have to say, hey, does anybody want to play Dominion? And everybody has to say, nah, and then come up with something else to do instead. Yep. And then it just sits there, sadly, on the counter, because I'm upright, sure watching us wasn't have it, fun. It wasn't the last passive. time it was Plague Inc. that we then played instead? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then we played that a bunch of times and lost it. Yeah, so anytime there's a get-together, I always bring Dominion. Mm-hmm. And, and then it still hasn't been opened. So we play a bunch of Bananagrams, and then... Uh, you used to. I haven't played Bananagrams in a while. Coup? Coup. Coup is so good. It's, it's good. C-O-U-P. It's French. Calp. Yeah. That's why you can't tell how many letters are in it. Not the pigeon yeah. sound. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> forbidden <laughs> but, Desert. But Forbidden Coup, Desert and Forbidden Dominion. Island, which are Similar. almost the same game, but mm-hmm. I, I actually think I prefer Forbidden Island, most because mm-hmm. it's a little... More convenient because in Forbidden Desert you have to stack all these fucking sand pieces everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but those are really those are, those are fun co-op games. So they're very those fucking sand pieces. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're just so there's so many of them. You know, they're just they're so tiny. They get everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's also something that just seems more. <laughs> <laughs> but you also you just like die from exposure and in, in, uh, in Forbidden uh, Desert, you know, yeah. where it's just like because you just have a, you have a water meter and it just keeps going down like if you're in direct sun and stuff which there's something just extra horrifying about so it. my my wife and i played with with some friends over uh over the sort of holiday season and we had two games of no three games of forbidden desert in a row where the thing that makes forbidden desert sort of manageable is the tunnels mechanic mm-hmm. yep it's a it's a randomly sort of shuffling around board and you can travel around the board by using movement points but you can also travel through tunnels which basically teleport you across the map, uh, which allows you to reach things that are much more you know, difficult to reach. 
And uh, we when we played it, every single time, all three tunnels were adjacent to each other <laughs> in a corner of the map. <laughs> so, so we had to just keep, you know, ro- yeah. roaming out there. Mm-hmm. Try, we, were, we were trying to be very clever. We lost every time by one move, mm. you know, despite that. Yeah, mm-hmm. those games are, are really well balanced. Really well balanced. Because it is, it always, every single time, whether you win or lose, it always feels like it's a close thing. Yep. Yeah. It's very impressive. And you always think, if only I had done bleh. Yep. Mm-hmm. When you probably were screwed anyway, but still. Uh, next question comes from Anonymous. How did you create your terrain to not look like repeated tiles? I have stared for hours and cannot find any patterns on the screen. Not referring to Perlin noise, but the actual variety of the seamless tiled textures themselves. And then they signed it Amish carpool. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. Amish carpool. All right, that so is a lot of staring. So this is actually unless they're just announcing Amish carpool sort maybe, of afterwards, maybe as a so, suggestion. <laughs> this is an interesting one because there's actually a similar thing that we're uh, facing down in both Scuffle Buddies and in uh, the platformer, which is how do you make a very limited number of tiles? Because remember, we got time, texture, space, and time. Texture, space, and time, very limited. And so uh, there's this thing called a nine slice in traditional tiling of, of games. So basically, what it is 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 you have you can think of a filled block. That is, so we're talking about dirt, for example. You'd have a filled, complete square block in the middle, and then you'd have sort of like a, more like a rounded edges, sort of a larger square that fills out uh, the other eight blocks surrounding that, if you're thinking about like a grid of paper sort of sense. And what that allows you to do is as, as the train changes, you can change the art that's associated with that change in a way that makes sense with how the rest of the game looks. So you can do sort of curves and, and that sort of thing. And you can do this up to, you can do a 13 slice. You can do like a, I think it's a 17 slice and then like a 21 slice. My God. So the problem is at some point you just make too many goddamn slices. That's a lot it, of slices. just an odd number times another odd number. Is. Is that, it's something weird. So you have a center tile probably. Yeah. Makes sense. And so, uh, and so we, we've been actually, we've been looking at a lot of different stuff for how to handle this. And this is always, always one of the things that we try to get away from is, is doing what work. we refer to well, <laughs> doing work for one. But what, what, what we just talked about as the grid. So the fact that oftentimes when you play, a game made by an indie t- indie studio. The part of the thing that makes it look amateurish is the fact that usually you can just see the grid like a hundred percent because their tiles aren't super well done or they don't seamlessly blend. So, uh, and a big part of it is people can't figure out how to get that effect of something equivalent to like a twenty one slice, but without having to do all of that work. So, what do we do? We uh, want to keep it at like two. Yeah. So we keep it at two or three, <laughs> and and what I mean by two or three is. You'll have in, in Crashlands, for example, there is the Savannah. So everyone's familiar with this. It's the first zone of the game. And uh, the Savannah is, is, starts with just some yellow grass. There's yellow and green grass. And they're actually the same tile, but just- One's uh, yellow and one's green. They're recolored. <laughs> so the structure, they're actually exactly the same. And then what we do is instead of the tile being, so the tile has a combination of what we refer to as walkable space, which is the space that has to be filled by art. Otherwise it looks like there's holes punched in the world. Right. Yep. Uh, and then we, we have spillover. So in the case of Crashlands, we have the tiles themselves are actually, I think they have like a 50% spillover on either side, on either side, which means, That's which means alert. one tile is actually, it's actually two tiles wide. Yeah. Right. Technically. And then we just really fudge up the edges. Yeah. And so what you do there is you come in and you just sort of make these insane shapes. So they always cover that middle space, right? That middle walkable space, but they, they never look like a square. And that's really important. So that covering shape never looks like a square. And then uh, if you shade them correctly, which I think this is the other thing that a lot of actual artists have a hard time with because it's not about what it would look like. Yeah, not not correctly in the sense of what it should look like. But correctly in the sense that it can blend with itself. In the sense that it should look so much like nothing that it just blends together. Mm -hmm. So basically it's what we do. So uh, the reason you can't see any patterns is because two things are happening. One is that... Seth then randomly flips the tile. So we, yeah, for any given tile, we choose one of the three variants Mm -hmm. and then we have a 50% chance to, to X flip it. And then there's a little bit of tinting, I think going on. Very small amount. A little bit. So sometimes they're a little bit darker just to help kind of throw off the sameness. Uh, And then the shapes are so insane and they, they overlap in such strange ways because each shape is very, very different uh, and is not just a square. And then has enough holes in it that essentially what happens is as they sort of weirdly mesh together. He just can't tell what the just, fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's really weird because it making them is really weird because it's more about sort of conveying a, 
a feeling of a thing that if you look close at it, you're like, I mean, it doesn't really look, the savannah grass doesn't really look like grass, but it feels like grass. If you catch my drift. Yeah. <laughs> Which if is really the, you know, that's the most important quality that grass can have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Feeling like grass. And there's some, there's some tiles that are better at this in the game than others because some of them have actually pushed toward realism, uh, either like a little too much or just like more than others do, which kind of starts making it harder to figure out what's going on. So the, the Rumenk, which is a sort of like weird bubbly one that's in the tundra, um, is one of the ones that I simultaneously like the most and also don't like at all because it it looks really good as sort of like a realistic tile. Like it looks like these weird things popping out of the ground more effectively than anything else in the game. Looks like an actual piece of earth, but also doesn't actually blend into itself super well because of mm. exactly that. So there's a weird balance to strike there. And we played with a bunch of new things with uh, with Scuffle Buddies as well, where we take advantage of this. Um, so we're, we're figuring out kind of new ways to, to bring that, that sort of general design idea forward with some of the new games. Um, and this platformer included is kind of a difficult one because you need pixel precision. Whereas all of our previous games didn't matter if you were like standing where you were standing inside the grid space. Yeah. And in Crashlands, actually ranges are detected by, by tiles. Mm-hmm. So you notice if you go to harvest something, then as long as you're standing within one tile of it, then you're fine. But the, the distance of a tile is actually different, whether you're diagonal or left or above right. or whatever. So it's very, it's like close enough. Right. You're fine. And so it's yeah. very different in a, in a, and a platformer, especially when that actually feels really good. So this is what we're kind of, we're figuring out again with this platformer. We, we got something working with Scuffle Buddies, but um, it's going to be an interesting challenge to kind of tackle this again this week with with the platformer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though in the context of a platformer, there's some assistance that the player gets by the fact that there are very clear tiles yeah. of a, of you a can't expected exactly. size because you can use them to judge distances and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So if there's too much art spillover that isn't real space, then you have a huge problem, right? Yeah. Because the player jumps and they're like, I'm standing on a rock and they fall to their death, which is not exactly the best play experience. They thought they were standing on a rock, but really it was just spillover. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how do you simultaneously respect the player's position and awareness of their position on the board while also it not, not feel like making grid. it look like a grid? And not doing a nine slice yes. through sheer willpower. <laughs> and only doing like two or three draws of the things. Yep. It's a piece we of We also X and Y flip stuff wherever possible. In this case, we can Y flip them. In Crashland's case, you couldn't Y flip them because they had bottoms though. attached. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd be like, it would be like, you'd flip the dirt over. Now there's, now there's just there's dirt, dirt on yeah. top. <laughs> you flip the grass over. Now it's just dirt. You know, you can't Y yeah. flip it like that. You mean Z flip it? Yeah. Uh, next flip question. Inside out. <laughs> next question comes from Woland77. Whoa. Woland says, how do you personally, individually decide? About which to give a fuck. Huh. Ooh, I, don't know. I, I appreciate that the gram- grammatical precision of this question. <laughs> uh-huh. He doesn't want to know how we decide what to give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he gives a fuck about grammar. Yeah. How do you decide? I don't know. For me, I just... Do I just, you decide? I, I mean, not, not, in a, mm. not in a super... Conscious. I think. I think basically, like my my life of practice decision making is is just has been a sustained effort to reduce the number of things I give a fuck about. Mm. So no, it's more about trying to not <laughs> give a fuck about things. That's not true, though. What's not true? There's a there's there's two there's two sides to this coin. Also, torrent <laughs> of profanity coming. Just <laughs> forewarning. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, the, the shape that Seth is making with his hands is a ball. <laughs> Though he there's described it as a coin. There's two sides to this coin ball. Okay. <laughs> here's here's how to do. Okay. There's a there's a, there's a thing called fuck parity. Okay. Okay. Which is there are things you give a fuck about. And then there's things that you give fucks to, which is okay. those are two different things. All right. Mm-hmm. So for you to give a fuck to something is to do something to basically apply energy to that thing. Right. Right. Uh, you only got so many of them throughout the day. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, you're like, well, I'm out. I'm out. I'm just going to veg now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, ran out of fucks. Right. <laughs> the things you give a fuck about, those are your values, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, these are the things that matter to you, right? And I think it's very hard to decide those because you just, you care about the things you care about. They're, it's more like you uncover them, right? I think that's kind of part of it or you develop them over time. It's yeah. more of the, That's more of like an emotional thing. Like it's sort of, 
things that make you happy, you're just like, yeah. Yeah. Things that kind of, I give a fuck about that. Yeah. Things that kind of grip on you. You're like, nah, nah, I don't give a fuck about that. Mm -hmm. So, so really the, the, the question is all about how do you find parity between these two sides of the, of the coin ball. And also one of them you can control, but you have to kind of work to uncover, right? That's the fucks that, that you give, that you want to give, right? Well, you, you should try to control both. Right. But that's the thing is that the other one, like your fucks can be taken from you. Right? Yes. And they are very frequently depending on who now, you hang now out Now I did give a talk. I did give a talk called do what you want on a YouTube channel where I replaced the word fucks with dangs. Mm-hmm. Cause you can give a dang as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of, I PG would it mm-hmm. up, but this is the real stuff right, right. here. This is <laughs> <laughs> unadulterated. Uh, Actually it's adulterated. Adulterated. <laughs> adulterated pure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so really, you know, I think I think the, the quest that people have in life is to try to make those things match. So in, in all domains of your life to achieve fuck parody is what you're talking about. Yeah. If you're doing a thing and then you say to yourself, I don't give a fuck about this, mm. then you have you've lost it. You've mm. lost parody between between these two sides of the mm-hmm. coin ball. Right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> So I yeah. So that's my answer. So how, you got to be you, honest with yourself about, you got to understand what you give a fuck about and try mm-hmm. to only give fucks to that. Well, I think this is, you know, people talk about values, right? Yeah. Which is really, I guess that's what that is. <laughs> values are just fucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the first part of that? What's the one side of that? It's <laughs> things you give a fuck about. Okay. Yeah. Things you give a fuck to. So things you give a fuck about are generally talked about as your values. Right? Yeah. And so <laughs> a lot of people actually do a big stuff with any sort of, uh, you know, self-discovery things is actually uncovering what your list of values is. Right. Um, what your list of things is that you naturally just give a fuck about or the ways in which things need to be done. And uh, my mentor actually a long time ago suggested I, that I sit down and do this. And he said, because what he does is he just has his list of essentially the things he gives a fuck about. And then say request comes in. And even if it sounds really good. He's like, is it one of these things? Well, and he actually filters it down, right? So, so for example, like his family is above, you know, some other stuff on his list, like work and a few other things. So if an opportunity comes in, let's say there's an important family event going on, he no longer has, there's, he doesn't have to think about it, right? It gets stuck in his, his fuck filter, if you will. Yeah. His value list, if you, if you won't. <laughs> <laughs> if you will. And, and, and his uh, dang filter, if you're kind of somewhere, it's somewhere in the middle, in the middle. Yeah. and uh, sort of on board with this, yeah, and uh, and then he doesn't have to think about it anymore. So that that process of self discovery is really important, uh, and a lot of people don't actually, I think, spend probably enough time, you know, figuring out what's important to them. And then so that's the first part is figure it out, and the second one is, uh, you know, start changing stuff and set some boundaries so that the people in your life are the right people who aren't just taking your your dangs all the time, not depleting yeah. your dang tank, that's right, or stealing your fucks. Right. That's right. Depending on where you're at. Fuck thieves. <laughs> Fuck thieves. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, because there, there are, there are, I mean, there are people who you can be friends with or be mm-hmm. family members with or whatever it is who they just have this thing where they just need you. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, they just take, they just need your attention or your time, um, which is, which is fine as long as it's e- equal. Mm-hmm. All right, so you need them for stuff. They need you for some things. Now it's a cooperative fuck parody. Right mm-hmm. now you're now you're a team. Uh-huh. Right, so yeah, team is the other word for, for cooperative. <laughs> fuck uh, now you now you're a team because like you help them, they help you. It's great, right? But if you find yourself always on the helping end and you're always needing mm-hmm. to do things for this person, um, then it's, it's recipe for trouble. Because mm-hmm. if you get too many, I mean, you can sustain. The fuck scales are just way yeah, out of Yeah, and you whack. can sustain, yeah, you know, of one of those, <laughs> you can sustain one of those friends, but can you sustain five of them or yeah. 10 of them, right? right? There's a certain threshold at which you can't, mm-hmm. right? So you got to be careful. Uh, On the other hand, if you're the one taking all of those and you're sort of like, you know, Jet Li in the one, where yeah. he goes around the universe you're, killing, you're, I guess the multiverse, killing his clones to gain their power, yeah. right? which is basically what you're doing. It's kind of like eating beef. You yes. partake of the soul. <laughs> yes. Partake of the soul. The strength of the of the of the. There's, there's another strategy you can take. Mm-hmm. Aside from the ones already listed, which is the one that I that I started to adopt back in in grad school, which is just to assume that I don't give a fuck about anything that's happening. Mm. Because it turns start out there you start there. Start on that side because it turns out that almost nothing you give a fuck about you actually give a fuck about. You think you do. That is true. But it's actually just taking your People will instead. often declare that they give a fuck about something, but then if you watch, they just yeah. can't tell. Yeah. Well, it's also the case like when you, so when your fucks are suddenly limited. 
So in the case, like when I got sick with cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Boom. You had like two left. They're like, all right. Max. You got two per day. That's yep. your allocation. That's all you get. Where you, are you going to put them? And you might not have any after that. Like you maybe got like a couple days left and only a few fucks each day. You know, it's a real scarce quantity. Yeah. And so the nice thing about it is if you think <laughs> about your fucks in that context, you know, what would you do with them if you only had a couple days left? <laughs> <laughs> if you only had a few fucks to give, what would you where give would you give them? And that kind of helps you find the Who would you, you give them the to? Thing. Yeah. Would you give them to, yeah. Would you give them to, you know, telemarkers calling and asking questions? No. Would you read the news? No. Yeah, you should not be reading so, the news. Yeah. is going to take your fucks from you. Yeah. And you only got two of them. The news, the, the news, news is sort of like the, the main example. It's of a fuck vacuum. Lead. Yeah, it's a fuck vacuum. <laughs> it's taking just, it's taking all of it. Uh-huh. You know, it's taking all of it and then converting it into an even higher strength fuck vacuum. Yeah, that's true. They're like, yeah. look at these comments from people who we got to give a fuck about this. You should give yeah. a fuck about these comments. And then you see a comment that just like infuriates Really, you. it really boils your blood. And now that comment has stolen even more of your fucks. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a black hole. It's just a bottomless <laughs> pit of fucks. Horrible. So as soon as you start slipping down that slope. <laughs> nope. You're done. So you got to be, you got to be protective. You got to be careful, vigilant. Well, I think that, that old rule about if you... If you don't control your life, then someone else will, right? That's right. If you don't control the flow of your fucks. That's right. Somebody else or just the system at large, the man at large. I think they'll steal them. They'll be stealing your fucks. <laughs> so you got to put a dam in front of your fucks. You do. You do. <laughs> and in order to do that, you got to know where they are, right? That's right. So get your, get your values list put together. Find your fucks. Searching, find your and fucks. damn them. Damn them up. <laughs> You gotta build a blockade. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, would, I that, hope that helped. That may have been that may have been the most fucks that we have emitted during an entire podcast. That was, that was a, that's that, why I was like, we got we gotta have a warning before this section. I right. want like a John Wick style counter. It's how like many? A, it was like a headshot. How moment. many just happened? Uh, blah. All right. Next question comes from I am Cade. Is it weird to interact with fans? Period. That's his. <laughs> No question mark there. For, for example, many of us know so many inside jokes from the podcast. I feel like I know you guys personally. Is it like a weird one-sided friendship? Your thoughts on interactions with your fans? Uh, it's not weird to interact with them. I think it, it is, it's a, it's a different relationship than most people have ever had any, including ourselves, have had much sort of uh, exposure to. And so I think it's, it takes a little bit of figuring out how to work how with. to navigate it because of that exact reason so you're talking to you don't someone, know what they know yeah you don't know what they know and they might be like oh yeah I listen to the podcast and that I don't there's not 130 episodes and I don't even know I don't know what that means did you listen to the first 10 all of them last 12 who knows what's happening so, well he also the, what you gotta be careful of too is is like reusing jokes <laughs> <laughs> you know right or ideas because well, like, a lot of stuff we talk about here are things that we have talked about with each other and then if we meet somebody and we and we don't know whether they know that thing that that idea or whatever mm-hmm. we want to talk about it. If somebody listens to the podcast, there's that question of, am I just telling this person something mm-hmm. that they've already heard me talk about? Well, the worst one is like the recent ones, right? Because we tend to forget everything that happened a while ago. Like more than two weeks ago, it's pretty I much f- gone. I forget. The moment we walk out of this room, I don't know what we talked I about. I completely forget. <laughs> I'll probably remember the fuck situation today. Though. That was going to stick with me for a day or two. Honestly, I already forgot about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what situation? So... <laughs> This is one of the weird ones is you like I what I prefer to do in a fan interaction is actually just to move to a new like a sort of a new context of understanding. We're, we're talking about something that, that is completely unrelated to whatever we got going on, which oftentimes tends to be just asking them questions about stuff. Yeah, I want to know about them. Right. Because I know you know about me if you've been listening to the podcast. You know too much. So Yeah, we gotta even we gotta even, even the odds yeah. here. Even the scales of justice. Yeah. And if that doesn't, if that evening out doesn't happen, then then yeah, it gets weird because you're like, I don't, I don't know how to talk to you as yeah. a person. Well, that's, I mean, that's that. I think that's true of conversations in general. <laughs> that's true. If you're if you're <laughs> talking to somebody and you're asking them questions, and they just won't fucking give you anything. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> yep. You're like, how was your day? Like, good, good. What do you, What do you do? I work. I, I work. Uh, I'm an accountant. Mm, how's, how's that going? Pretty good. Neat. Damn it. Did you? <laughs> Do you have any further thoughts about anything? Nope, that's the end. Maybe that person. That's the end of my whole thing. Maybe that person <laughs> decided not to deploy any of their fucks during toward, the conversation. Toward this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they ran out. 
Maybe they did. You know, during the day, mm -hmm. accounting. Yeah. They ran out. All right, next question comes from Menelous. Are the Scuffle Buddies patch notes your most public secret ever? Shh, don't tell anyone. Wait, answer my question. Wait, don't tell. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Scuffle Buddies patch notes, they, are, they do exist out in the wild. You can just see exactly where the game's at. You can't see pictures of it, though. Correct. Kind of a big yeah. deal. So you have to, like... You got to start at the beginning and then memorize each change as you mm -hmm. go and yeah, build a visual sort of mental picture. Because most of the things are just contradictions of prior things that happened. <laughs> yeah. It's One true. patch would be like, we added this. Next patch is like, we removed it. <laughs> it was yeah. dumb. It was dumb. <laughs> and then you'll have like six patches where like, we're trying to get this one system to work and then the next patch is, we removed that system. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it does exist. It's not super helpful but for that exact reason, but it is interesting to look at. And it does, it definitely gives you plenty of hints about what's happening. Yeah. And one thing you can discern from it is there are buddies. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot in there about scuffling. Uh, That's true. But there's definitely buddies. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> don't give too much away. A little spoiler for you. <laughs> sprinkling some spoilers into yeah, the podcast. And the, I believe the Scuffle Buddies community Discord is the only place where people have knowingly swapped the location of that document. So if you want it, that's where you go. That's where you got to go. Discord.gg slash bscotch. Good memory. I saw you I forgetting as you were saying. <laughs> I was like, is that? it dot? Why can't it just be dot com? Anyways. Because GG is good game, you know. Yeah, it's pretty cl classy, I guess. Mm -hmm. pretty, cool. pretty classy. Yep. Next question comes from <laughs> Woland77. Why? Good question. Is there <laughs> always no why? Why is there no beautiful painting for the tundra like there is for the savannah and bog in Crashlands? Because we were super poor. Next also, question. we made the tundra last and we ran out of money. Yep. Uh, next question. <laughs> next question comes from I am Cade. When it comes to, we're getting a lot of, a lot of repeat questionnaires. That's yeah, some uh, good questions. That's this person week. who asks a question. I think Farseer's got a good one if you can get that one. Well, we're that. getting there. Right. Uh, all right. Question is, when it comes to you three brothers, who is usually in charge more? Who is the people pleaser? If you fight, how do you settle the matter? Ooh. We normally fight with knives. Yep. <laughs> I figure that's full blade. Whoever draws blood first wins yeah. the argument. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's the, that's the rule of the land here. <laughs> pure, uh, pure knife battle. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge? Well, it kind of rolls around. It depends on what we're talking about because yep. most of us know some stuff about some stuff and not much stuff about some other stuff. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about stuff that somebody knows about, then they talk about it. And then we listen. <laughs> and in, in cases where no one... Well, we stop, collaborate, and then listen. Mm -hmm. Stop. It's a good rule. Drop, collaborate, listen, and roll. Yep. So what we do oftentimes is if, if everyone's on the same playing field, so say we're just like, hey, we have this huge list of things we need to do generally, then the same structure always emerges, but it's never, it's not like the same person. So someone will be at the whiteboard, for example, writing things. So that always happens. So if somebody is, com so for example, is commandeering the whiteboard. Yeah. So if like I just go sit on the couch then and then Seth sits on the couch and then now Adam is just commandeering the whiteboard because he has to because we're sitting on the couch ready. We can't be gotten up unless we're stabbed. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So an Adam, if they come in with a knife also, because <laughs> yes. you got to be ready just in case. Just in case. So <laughs> someone always is at the whiteboard, uh, sort of, you know, jotting things down, taking notes, whatever. And then in the case, like there's, so there's, there's like a list maker, but then otherwise they just sort of like, Shuffles all over the place constantly. That's about it. That's it. That's it. Well, yeah. And otherwise, just whoever's closest to the problem just is in charge of that. Mm -hmm. So, so then they then they just get to be like, nah. Yeah. As far as <laughs> or whoever happens. has to actually do the thing yep. that we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. As far as being a people pleaser goes, I think we don't. The three of us don't have that problem because we tend to just be kind of arguing with each other constantly, right? Yep. We're not trying to please each other. So, we're trying to do what's right. Yeah, which yeah. usually actually means we're fighting with each other <laughs> during a knife battle. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like externally facing, uh, I would say this is actually a funny story from my Vegas trip. I was going to go get a tattoo. Okay. Can I talk about this already? I can't remember. Not on the, <laughs> I don't think on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. So I was going to go get a tattoo, uh, show up at this place. You know, you're in Vegas. Rated. Like, why not? Why not Again, be a cliche? He was, the LASIK, he was already married, so he couldn't do that one. Yeah, yeah. But the LASIK was on the table already. I was like, doing that when I get home, I could take care of this tattoo right now. So find a place. So we're going to get a tattoo that said, like, laser here, <laughs> pointing it into your eye. No. Okay. Uh, just going to get a little bit of script on my arm and find a place. They're open. They got a guy. Cool. Go in to see him. 
He doesn't do anything close to like what I want, right? He does like these super cool design work pieces, but not text. And so he doesn't use fine needles also in the slightest, which means his stuff is blocky. So he uses sort of markers. Basically. So Sharpies. So if you want text, it just needs to be big if it's coming from this dude, right? Because he doesn't have... And also text has to be done really well because it's so easy for it to be squiggly. uh Uh-huh. And so um, luckily my wife came with me because I think she knew... She's like, this motherfucker. She knew what was happening. <laughs> if he leaves, he's coming back with like a full body tat on accident. So talk to this guy. And at some point it became very clear that this dude probably like definitely just could not execute this tattoo at all in the way I wanted it. But for some reason, uh, I think I just like naturally just want people to feel at ease so much that I was like sort so of you coaching were him. feeling bad. Yeah. Uh, so I was like coaching him. I was like, well, we could, maybe we could do it. This way. <laughs> you didn't want to say to him. You don't do the kinds of tattoos that I Correct. like. So you know, I was him, willing, him to feel bad. Exactly. So I was willing to get a permanent tattoo <laughs> that I did not want. Just for the momentary comfort of a stranger. Yes. Who you would never see again. Correct. It is a probably a fatal flaw that I need to keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah. Keep that keep that shit in check. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next question comes from Farseer, who says, what's your real life shitty superpower slash weakness? For myself, my superpower is traveling great distances and arriving precisely on time. My weakness is lines. Without fail, I always pick the line that takes the longest. It happens to me every time. Every my, time. My weakness, and possibly also my superpower. Is this like a job interview? <laughs> is that what's happening is right that, <laughs> is that, my, my biggest weakness is that I just care too much. Yep. So my, my weakness yep. is that when I go to the grocery store and I'm walking down an aisle... There's always somebody in front of me mm-hmm. weaving around, walking as slow as fucking molasses <laughs> with apparently nowhere to be. Except for on the Except for in random front of places in the, in the aisle. And when I juke to get around them, they weave over there. It's as if they know. Yeah. And somehow they never know I'm there. And I can say, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> and they never know. I'm, a, I'm invisible to this person. Mm-hmm. And it takes me 45 minutes to get to get from one end of the aisle to the other. Because I just know that as soon as I leave that aisle and start go down another aisle, I'm going to be stuck even further back down that aisle mm-hmm. behind another person. Right? So that's my weakness. But also my superpower is that when that happens, I become so enraged. <laughs> <laughs> that you can just barbarian that, leap over that That person. I could explode that person with my thoughts. <laughs> but I have ethics, and so I've never done it. Mm. <laughs> yep. Having ethics is your other biggest weakness. That's a weakness as well. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for holding back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although if you had like, how back, could you explain this? There'd be fewer mm-hmm. slow grocery store people. It's true. Which you know there wouldn't be though. There, there's infinite of them. There's always more. They're like zombies. They might actually be zombies. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> knows. Yeah. I think uh, aside from the the line problem, uh, I think that. That exact tendency I just talked about with the tattoo situation uh, is a genuine problem that I have. (laughs) And I can't seem to easily, I can't like, I can see it. I can tell when it's happening, but I can't seem to like stop. I can't stop the flow very easily. I need someone to be like, hey, you don't need to get a tattoo to make someone feel good. Did you know that? You don't have to do that? (laughs) I need someone to remind me. Hey, it's fine. So that's definitely my, that's a huge problem. Yeah, and of course, uh, as a tattoo artist, every day this guy probably sees dozens and dozens of people that come in and are like, "Oh yeah, I guess this isn't what I want," and leave. Mm-hmm. He's so accustomed to it oh, yeah. that he would feel nothing. He I, he definitely wasn't feeling anything. Yeah, I mean, just, I could tell on his face, but I couldn't. Just couldn't do You're it. Just like, what if? What yeah. if he does? As far as the strength goes, I think. Well, so this is again one of the strength combined strengths and weaknesses thing. So. My weakness is that I will get kind of like Seth, just unbelievably enraged about very tiny things. So mouth noises, mm. cut it out. <laughs> right? So that happens. Really loud noises that happen just all of a sudden. Stop. Like, <laughs> quit. You know, just don't do it's that. Like a car horn or just anything. Just, it's just really fucking loud. Just <laughs> infuriating. <laughs> like my my blood pressure just goes through the roof. But then, weirdly, <laughs> if it's an actual problem, uh. I'm basically completely unflappable when hit by actual problems. So you, so like for a good example, again, 
when I got my cancer diagnosis, continued to make jokes with the nurse, managed to get outside, you know, said goodbye to the receptionist and told her to have a great weekend, and then and then left. You did flap shortly I after. I flapped that once I got into some privacy. <laughs> yeah. But uh and then even even <laughs> stuff, you know, at work where we're like, oh, this thing went wrong. Um or in relationships where you're like, oh, you know, you did X, Y, or Z. Um, oftentimes it's very easy to remain completely I don't know why. I just like don't level headed. Especially actually when it mainly when it's just life stuff. As in like the world just kinda just shitting on you sometimes. Unless you know? it shits noise on you. Unless it's noise. <laughs> if it's Unless a loud it's shit, then you're like, can you stop? <laughs> yes. I usually just don't care literally at all, which <laughs> seems like a very good That's thing. a good skill. Yeah. Maybe it's going to try to figure out how to merge that into the noise thing. I don't know. I can't. Just... That's something you can't not give a fuck about. Yeah. yeah. I think my superpower is just to, to believe literally nothing anybody says. That's yeah, you're really good at that. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's true. It's, uh, it's taken me a long time to cultivate. Um, cause I think cause Adam's default, like a monk. the default is still always to just kind of just assume that something is correct, you know? Um, but, uh, but I've been training myself for as long as I was aware that I actually didn't know anything to just truly believe that I don't, but mm-hmm. also that nobody else does. And so, so for me, that's my superpower. Just by default, if you tell me something, I'm like, nah, my favorite Adam comments that is regularly heard is you can't possibly know that yeah, <laughs> or they can't possibly know yeah. that. And it's true almost all the time. It is. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. You got that. You're coming in, you're like, it's kind of icy on the roads. And Adam's like, was it though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on some roads. On some <laughs> roads, probably. Uh, maybe. Yeah, you're not that, you're not like an annoying skeptic though. There's still, there's some people who do that shit where you're like, shut up. Yeah, you gotta, it is well, icy You got to do it productively, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's all, it's also about recognizing that various people's experiences are, are different because of just where they are and what they've seen mm-hmm. and so on. And that somebody can truly believe what they're saying, even if what they're saying is definitely not true. Right. And right. so, so you just got to know when it matters. So, so that's yeah. the other thing that I've practiced. You got to pick doing. your battles. You gotta, yeah, well, it's also recognize that it's not even a battle. You know, it's just when is it important for something to be more right than wrong? And then pay attention then. Otherwise, just say, well, that yeah. doesn't, that's cool not. Story. Yeah, cool story. And then move on with your life. <laughs> um, and my, my super weakness is my, my age relative, my apparent age relative to my actual age. Which is the going in the wrong direction. You know? <laughs> what do you mean? Which is every every birthday a new problem arises. Like an accelerated so. reverse Benjamin Button. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, is that just like, aging? Yeah. <laughs> but faster. But faster. Who has this uh, but but yeah, I mean seriously, since since I turned twenty eight, just every year in the month or so around my birthday, <laughs> just some new problem appeared. Versus right. the hot butt. First was the hot butt. That was what set it off when I turned 20. Numb ass. Yeah, I got, the, got that numb ass. And then and then I got GERD mm-hmm. the following year. And then I can't remember exactly what it was that happened each year. It was just, it was just enough that I was also, like, your, just your neck, physically falling Your neck kind of. My neck, neck exploded last year. Exploded. Uh, which actually still, every once in a while, like, I tilt my head kind of funny. All of a sudden, I feel it kind of catch, and I have to... Maybe you should get LASIK out. now to kind of head off whatever eye problem is coming. <laughs> well, I've already had my eye surgery and that's stuff. So oh, already, that's true. You did do that. that. Shit. So I'm just, you know, I'm just uh, just keep accelerated keep, reverse Benjamin Button. It's my, just keep, it's my weakness. Just keep stitching those seams back together. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. You just hang in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's also kind of symbolized by, I started getting my gray beard early, you know, and it's yeah. still, it's getting grayer every year, which, which I love that part, but it's sort of, the problem is that that's more of a, it's a, it's just a symptom of the of the bad part, which is that I'm just actually aging rapidly. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know what you gotta do put sunscreen on every day. Don't <laughs> <laughs> take care of it, especially that is, this time that of is year. What my wife <laughs> yeah, because you're out of the sun a lot, Adam. I know. You gotta I know. You gotta really tamp that mm-hmm. down. Yep. All right, let's hit one final question, which is also from Farseer, who says, "Look, mm. I understand that English is a ridiculous language." But please try to explain to me the sense in pronouncing herb as herb. Mm. It starts with an H. Right. Feel free to retort with comments about Australian eccentricities. Oh, it's an Australian accent person. So I'm not going to say anything about Australian, but I do like how many vowels go into vowels. What do you mean? Like any, like the word no becomes like no like there's like a there's like thir- 30 different vowels that it's you sort roll of like through. there's an interpolation it's like reverse no. french yeah no. i yeah. don't know how it happens yeah. i can't do it because i'm not from there well, i don't I think, have the skills what is it if you say if you say rise up lights in english then you say razor blades in australian english 
So Rise Up Lights. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's the yeah, conversion. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't get it until you said it faster. That I was exactly. like, oh, yeah, okay. I got that. Rise so you got to kind of change the words and then flip it through an intermediary. Yeah. <laughs> and then you. Yeah, so they just it. take vowels and they're like, I'm just going to put some stank on it. Yeah. So my, so my wife is from India. So we mm-hmm. often have heated conversations about the stupidity of specific English words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... So, so when we went to uh, Uruguay, I bought a Spanish book, and at the beginning of the book, they have a pronunciation guide, and it's like, here's how you almost always say these specific vowels and these consonants and whatever. And I kept thinking through the English equivalents, and I'm like, we don't have any fucking rules. There's no hard rules. Yeah. I was thinking like, what about the word human? Mm-hmm. You mean how some fucking people say it where they say human? Some, well, some people say human, but for starters, why is the U sound like you, yeah. right? Because if you had the word push, you wouldn't say push. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pute that on the table over there, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And then, Unless it's after, and then, but a computer, you say. Right. That, and then though. you have mm-hmm. the word man in the word human, but it's pronounced men, men. instead of man. <laughs> yep. Why? What the fuck is happening well, here? Well, man turns into men if it's a, if it's a, follow-up syllable. No. Just sometimes, right? Sometimes. Sometimes you call the repairman, and sometimes you call the rifleman. It really depends on sort of what kind of men or man you need. (laughs) You know? It doesn't make a... Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Herb and herb. It is. is is, So the rules for English are like, an A can sound like these 13 things depending arbitrarily. On, yeah. There are so like, just kind of pick one. Yeah. Which makes it fun because there are so many regional variations. There are still things that, that everyone's my wife realizes that I say very differently than she does, mm-hmm. which she just like hadn't recognized for a while. So the most recent one was groceries because the two ways to say it are groceries, which weirds me out for whatever reason. <laughs> it's so prissy. It, it feels groceries. like groceries. It, it seems very high class. Very like, yeah, it's very high class. Like right? I'm an aristocrat talking yeah, exactly. about it. Like, yeah, I'm, Grace, I'm from the Midwest. That's, you, know? you buy them from a grocer. A grocer. <laughs> you get to the green grocer, right. Uh, but she she somehow just like thought that I said groceries. Because mm-hmm. that's what she says. I, I guess maybe. Like, Wait, I which one does she never say? Groceries. Groceries. Okay. Groceries. Groceries. So she heard me say it, and and then she was like, what the hell? <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not how you say that word. Because there's some other things that I say weird, too, and so she's just kind of used to this weird phenomenon, you know. Uh, but so we started looking around, and apparently distributed across the United States, there's no, there's basically no pattern for that. It's just completely random, just different mm. little pockets people say one or the other. Maybe like it's familial, you know, just some families, like even in households across the street from each other, yep. will say... Groceries. Yeah, the other one was was species because people also say species. 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 Mm -hmm. Well, well, I remember the one of the biggest giveaways if someone's from the Midwest is ask them to say the word both because a lot of Midwestern people put an L in it. Both. They say both. (laughs) (laughs) Or really good becomes wash. That's like that's like an extreme one. That's a real good. That's a real extreme Midwestern one. Wash. You got to wash your hands. But uh, both is very common. And like just a lot of people, if you know someone from the Midwest, just pay attention when they use the word because it, it starts sticking out like a sore thumb. It's crazy. You ever hear somebody say milk instead milk. of, mi- instead yeah, of yeah. milk? M- M- <laughs> M-E-L-K. Milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big tall a- glass of milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's arbitrary. And there also, I think, yes, English is ridiculous, but also there are so many places that speak English that I think... It's ridiculous by default, and then everybody has their own extra ridiculous sass mm-hmm. that they yep. kind of sprinkle mm-hmm. in there. So even, you know, across the U.S., people have zany ways of saying oh, different yeah. things. I even remember there's a there's a big debate in the United States about soda versus pop. Yeah. Because where we come from, it was pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then- when I came I, down here, Missouri, even one state down, and people and call it And it becomes soda. soda. And then if you go- then if you go to Texas, for no reason at all, it's Coke. Mm-hmm. Even yep. if it's not Coke. Yep. If it's soda or pop, it's just Coke. So they'll ask you what kind of Coke you want. And then you're like, I want you're Sprite. Like, this is so confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even crazier is basically everywhere else, soda is just carbonated water. Right. So then if you ask for uh, like a, a soda in whiskey, which is a common way to drink whiskey with just carbonated water mm-hmm. in a lot of other places then a bartender in the United States will get real confused because they want to know which soda you want and you mm-hmm. just want soda, then there's a big sort of knife fight that right. has to go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you solve it. Yeah. So it's got to be how you solve it. Yep. Just so straight up, you know, 
stabbing people. Yeah, we know. We know it's ridiculous. We didn't. We didn't pick it, but it is fun. It is fun. What are you gonna do? It's very easy to make portmanteaus, which yep. I think is the most important thing about a language. Is how much can you abuse it? Yeah, which actually that kind of <laughs> gets us in trouble with translation. When we, does, want, yeah. when we want to translate our games, we we take English and we just kind of just kind of wiggle it and jiggle it and jam it together <laughs> and slap pieces off and tack pieces on, make all kinds of dumb crap, mm-hmm. and then poor whoever is translating it has to try to piece together what the fuck you can do with this because mm-hmm. none of it is real. Yeah. So. Well, especially if the if the jokes are pun based, there's nothing to translate. Yeah, because you can't translate puns. Yep. It's just not how that works. You can try to translate it and then see if you can squeeze a new pun in there. Yep, but it's just a different. pun It's just now. a different pun now. Yep. I don't know. It's yes. complicated. All right, well, that's all the time we have for this week. So we'd like to thank our producer Fat Bard for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. We'd like to get more involved in the Bscotch community. Hop into our Discord server, which is over at discord.gg/bscotch. Comes ahead. If you'd like to adorn your body with butterscotch merch, you can check out our shop, which is over at shop.bscotch.net. Or if you'd like to send us some of your whatever you got going on over there, <laughs> uh, we have a mailbox. <laughs> uh, which you can reach over at mailbox.bscotch.net. And we do get alerts when stuff comes through, so we will know. So don't send us anything that can die, but... Because we'll know, but that doesn't mean we'll go get it. That doesn't mean we'll go get it immediately. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Don't send us raw meats or living or, meats. Yep. yep. <laughs> yep. Also known as animals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.